Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. This is Chels Pinky, and I am here by myself, solo dolo, holding it down because we still needed to put out an episode this week. And Shade and Glenn are both winding up on men in Grenada at Spice Mass, uh, their carnival. Um, But anyways, they're celebrating Shade's 30th birthday. We still wanted to put out an episode. And in brainstorming about what we would talk about, we thought it would be really important to talk about monkeypox. Um, we're seeing it all over social media, on the news, but there's no real clear understanding of what this thing is. Um, what I keep seeing are like the big bumps, you know, on people's mouth and like their face and hands and feet. And I'm getting a little itchy talking about it, but it is our reality right now. So we have to understand what's going on. And we're gonna, this is an ongoing conversation. As we learn more, we're definitely going to share more um, and invite some medical professionals on like we did um, during the peak of COVID. Um, but for this episode, I really wanted to invite someone who had a personal experience with monkeypox, someone who actually contracted it. Um, Corey L. Scott is someone that I have heard speak on Clubhouse and kind of learned about him through that platform, but he is just very informed because of his own experience and um, is definitely a person who is a part of the community, um, an activist, and I think um, his perspective was really important to share. So you'll hear a conversation with Corey and I um, about his experience with monkeypox. Stay safe, y'all. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Hello. Welcome, everyone. So you might notice it's only me and our really amazing guest. Um, the ladies are still in Grenada uh, playing mass, playing carnival, um, which is interesting because we're talking about today. We'll be talking about something that is making me a little nervous for them, but prayers up that they will be fine. First, let me introduce our guest. We have Corey Scott with us. He's a life coach, a pastor, an author, and an activist. Um, I first found Corey or heard about Corey on the application that you guys know that I love to just listen in on Clubhouse. Um, Corey actually has rooms and actually speaks on Clubhouse. And I always find whatever he's saying very interesting, informative, I always leave with a new nugget, a new piece of knowledge. And I was listening the other day and you actually contracted monkeypox. So this like thing that is all over the news right now. And I know someone who actually had it or has it or had it, I believe. I believe you're cured. <laughs> well, all of that, two, two things. One. My family and friends will tell you, if you don't put the L in my name, it's not me. Okay, okay? Corey L. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. And two, 
with all of that's that's just a little bit of humor um which brings me to my second point i hope in these rooms i get you to at least laugh or something damn oh, always always okay. but i feel like i always like, learn something too it's so inspiring and learning <laughs> and i'll be like i hope people are laughing too jesus <laughs> no so, i was laughing i had monkeypox um and i was treated in the FDA's drug trial for monkeypox treatment. And we can get into that a little bit because 99% of the people who contract monkeypox will not receive treatment for the virus. Um, so why were you able to receive treatment? And, and did you have the vaccine beforehand? I didn't have the vaccine beforehand. I got treated because I have an absolutely stellar medical team in my primary care uh, physician and the team in the clinic system that we're in. Mm -hmm. um, I had some complications that led to why I was treated. And according to my doctor and the chief of infectious disease at our hospital system, um, it's a large hospital system in New York, um, I am the first person treated on the drug trial and possibly the first person in New York City that was treated on the drug trial. Wow. Um, yeah, I I was like, oh, okay. Right, like uh, how did that make you feel being the first? So, so let me tell you what happened. Um, background, mm -hmm. my partner of six years, uh, former partner, we're, we're best friends now, but we were together six and a half years. Uh, he was on dialysis waiting to get a kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. During those seven and a half years waiting to get the transplant, um, I was his healthcare proxy, power of attorney, caretaker. So I learned a lot about being an advocate in someone's care. Mm -hmm. um, and so all the things that I learned from that show up every time I encounter um, the medical field, right? Mm -hmm. And so my doctor and I have a really open and honest relationship. Uh, my grandmother used to tell me, um, you, if it's anybody you don't lie to, you don't lie to your fucking doctor because mm. they are supposed to save your life. And if yeah. you're lying, they can't do nothing. So um, I am sex positive pastor I teach a sex positive theology and lifestyle outside of theology and all of that stuff um I believe sex is here for us to enjoy yada 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 um our first summer back I've been in the streets <laughs> since May until Curious George put my ass on sabbatical for a couple <laughs> weeks um and so I first started having symptoms and I immediately emailed my doctor and the subject of the email was COVID maybe. Okay. So because you had, had like flu-like. I had flu-like symptoms. And I remember the first time I had COVID, it seemed very similar, mm -hmm. but something was off. So I put maybe in parentheses and we started tracking symptoms and I was emailing everything, like every symptom that I had. Then I had one bump that looked like a hair bump. I, I popped it to get the hair out, right? Yeah. No, no hair. Um, and then more bumps showed up. I said, wait, we got a problem. And I took pictures of it and sent it. But what 
what was good was I just had my annual checkup the week before. Mm-hmm. So we had all my blood work mm-hmm. from the summer, um, you know, of me running the streets and doing whatever it is I wanted to goddamn do. <laughs> being uh, grown. <laughs> yeah, being grown. And so I had great results because I set some goals for myself last year to this year about my, you know, cholesterol, my blood sugar, all of that. Great results. And then maybe we were waiting on that STI panel to come back because <laughs> I've been to DC Pride. Let me know what's going on, right? Everything came back clear and we had done several COVID tests that came back negative. So we were able to quickly rule everything else out and it was monkeypox. And so um, I had a couple more small bumps that, that, that looked like hair bumps or pimples or whatever. And no pain, they didn't but hurt? They didn't hurt. Okay. Um, and they were just starting to present, but the one that I had burst, cause I thought it was a hair bump, started to present and look very similar to a textbook what what a monkeypox lesion in the early stage would look like. Mm-hmm. So they were like, definitely, that's it. I went into the clinic. The only way to test for monkeypox is to actually swab over the lesions. And then they send that swab in to get tested. Okay. okay. So if people believe they have symptoms and you want to go get tested, if you don't have lesions, there's no way to test right now. Oh, there's Lord. no blood tests, et cetera. It's only swabbing the lesions. So we did that on Thursday after we had been tracking my symptoms all week. And I was starting to lose use of my voice. I was getting really tired when I was talking and my lymph nodes were swelling. I had a sore throat and they swelled so largely that it was compressing my vocal cords, which is why I was starting to have difficulty talking. At first Mm -hmm. I was getting tired. Then it got to a point I couldn't really talk and I couldn't eat or swallow anything except Mm -hmm. for liquids or maybe pills. And that is why I ended up, my doctor said, I want you to come into the ER. We're going to admit you. And I'm reaching out to get you put on the drug trial. I didn't really understand what was going on. When I got to the hospital, they admitted me and they put me in ICU. The reason was because my lymph nodes were compressing on my vocal cords and starting to close in on my airway. And so my doctor was fearful that if I hadn't come in that night, considering how much we had tracked my symptoms, my airway would have possibly closed in my sleep. And I would have died from asphyxiation, from not being able to breathe, not necessarily from monkeypox, but just as a side effect of the of the lymphatic swelling. Um, so and because of that, that's mm-hmm. why I was treated. Be- right. Because if it kept going, there was nothing, no other therapy, anything else they could do. So my team got me on the drug trial within 18 hours. And you immediately felt better? So we started, yeah, actually. Wow. We started, I got to the hospital Friday night by 1 p.m. on Saturday. They were running the um, the medication is called TPOX, T-P-O-X-X. They were running that through the IV um, because, again, I couldn't swallow. Um, and in a, in a couple of hours of the treatment starting, 
I started to immediately feel better. Um, maybe 12 hours later, my I could talk again. Um, and the next day I was able to start eating and everything like that. But I didn't recognize, um, I don't have like a panic impulse when shit's going wrong. And I'm starting to notice that more and more as I get older. My mom noticed it some time ago. Other people notice it. Like when things are like, nigga, pull all alarms. <laughs> right. Like, okay, everybody. Throat closing. Right. <laughs> like, okay, my throat's closing. Let me get in the Uber and get to the ER. Hey, I can't talk. Let me text you. Like, I'm not panicking at all. And when I realized it was more serious, I was freaking out because I was in ICU. And I'm like, I feel fine. I'm okay. I just can't. Panicking. My sister's panicking. My closest friends are panicking. And I'm like, everybody calm down. My doctor was going on vacation. Because I'm on the drug trial, I had to sign like an encyclopedia worth of documents to say, right? right? Because what's happening now is the vaccine that's being used for monkeypox and the treatment medication have never been tested in human trials. Hmm. but they've only been tested in labs on cells and on some animal subjects, not on humans, right? For the vaccine and for the treatment. And that's because they're the smallpox medications and treatment um, that have not been used in nearly 40 years or oh, the seventies, right? The end of the seventies, um, was the wind down of smallpox vaccinations in the United States and a lot of Western countries. Mm -hmm. um, so by 1980, 1981, there was no more use for the smallpox vaccine because it had been eradicated or treatment. Right. So nobody's used it. Nobody's seen monkeypox in, in the wild, like in population circulating, except for in African countries that the West doesn't really give a fuck about. Shout right. out to that. And so now we got a present on our doorstep. The shit that we don't care about and neglect in other parts of the world. Because we could have eradicated monkeypox the same way that we did smallpox. Right. Except we didn't care as a, as a global community. Right? Um, so those medications are what I used um, or what I was treated with. And... Since then, I have to go back for a couple of checkups to submit blood work for FDA, CDC, et cetera, since I'm on this drug trial. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and, thank God it yeah. made you feel better, especially like your throat was literally closing. So like that was kind of your only choice because I'm like in my head. Yeah, it's kind of scary being on a trial. But like what's scarier? Yeah. is Not breathing. And so <laughs> so my doctor was going on vacation the end of the week after I was discharged okay. and she called me right before to say, Hey, I wanted to call and check on you. I'm like, I'm doing well. The medication's working fine because when I went home, I switched to the pill form and she was like, I'm really glad you're doing well because I was really worried. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> and she shared, she said, yeah, that your throat was closing up was really worrying and concerning to me. And I didn't want to panic you by telling you that you were going to the ICU. Um, so I just told you to come into the hospital. 
and you did it. And she was like, I'm grateful that you did because a lot of patients don't listen or don't think it's serious and wouldn't have come in, you know, and say, I'm fine. I'm going to stay at home and stick it out. And she said, if you had stayed home another 12 hours, it's quite likely your throat would have closed. Oh my goodness. And she was sharing this with me afterwards. Yeah. And so now I'm seeing like my doctor is seriously concerned and everybody's panicking because I was in the ICU. So this might've been a more serious thing. Yeah. Um, and so just this one point, and then I'll toss back. Mm-hmm. The, the other part is that most people who get monkeypox won't experience cases like mine um, you'll get the lesions. It might itch. It might hurt. Um, you might not have as many. Um, you might not have uh, many at all, maybe one or two. Right. Um, but again, the only time people are treated is when there are, um, respiratory complications like mine. Um, sometimes people get a lot of lesions in their mouth and in their throat, so they can't eat that becomes problematic. Or if you have lesions in the cavity of or on your anus, it might be very difficult for you to pass bowel movements. That would be a reason to treat. Or if you have a lot of lesions and they start to merge, right, together, um, like some of the cases you've seen on the internet, they might be treated as well. Um, But that's only a small percent of cases that are treated because of the actual virus. The other 10% of people that will be treated in the hospital is for pain mitigation um, and mitigating the itch. Not for the virus. Most people who contract it will have to just live with it. It's a self-limiting virus, which means that it will die off. Your immune system will take care of it somewhere between 21 to 30 days on average. Damn, that's still kind of that's still kind right. of long. Yeah. I mean, if you remember getting the chicken pox as a kid, you were home for like 10 days to two weeks. Yeah. This is very similar, right? Two weeks is is on the you know moderate end. Um, but the average is about two to three weeks for your symptoms to resolve. Now, it, y'all can I got my ring light on. Can y'all see my face? Skin I looking look clear. Yeah. Right. That baby, that was a problem for me because I had six (laughs) lesions in my face. Now, this was only three weeks ago. Um, And and they resolved, I believe, a combination of me doing some skincare stuff, but also because I was treated with T-pox. Okay. Right? And so, again, I want people to be clear that my case of me doing well and having my skin look like this and not having any symptoms, all of that. I was out of the hospital within three, four days. Symptoms were gone, um, you know, within a couple more days. That's not the case for most folk. Right. Your people case is have, very rare. People but, don't have access to, to health care at all. If you don't have insurance, if you don't have a regular doctor who you have a relationship with, there are a whole lot of dynamics that'll put people in different positions than me. And I recognize that. Yeah. Um, and it's really important. So that's that's my stuff. That was me dealing with it. Um, and we can talk more about monkeypox and how it's being handled. Yeah. Because that's the shit that's crazy. And now a word from our sponsors. 
Hey group chat, it's Shade, and I am so excited that the summertime is in full swing and there's nothing better than a refreshing drink to cool down. Gold Peak Real Brewed Tea is here to unleash your sense of try, to ignite new passions and rekindle old ones. So try a Gold Peak and then try something else because this taste is worth the try. So try Gold Peak and tell them that Black Girls Texting sent you. Enjoy your summer, guys. Hey, BGT listeners, it's your girl, Chelsea Pinky. You don't need a summer getaway to transport yourself. Book yourself a smooth escape with the wax experts at European Wax Center. Smooth season has arrived. Your skin deserves the best. Stay confident all summer long with a smooth escape. Recharge, reconnect, and experience a new state of smooth. European Wax Center are the experts in waxing for everyone. At European Wax Center, you get the best by the best. Their certified wax specialists are expertly trained in prepping, protecting, and pampering your skin. The secret is their signature comfort wax. It's an exclusive blend of skin-soothing ingredients that lets them remove hair easily for a virtually pain-free experience. Book your smooth escape with the experts at European Wax Center. Make a reservation today. Your first wax is free. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Yeah, yeah. I want. I had a few questions. First of all, yeah, your story is obviously very rare. Um, but also, I just wonder: a, do you know where you might have contracted it? I know you said you went to a lot of pride, a lot of the prides that were happening this summer. And then, b, did anyone that you were around get it after you? Like, did do you think you gave might have given it to anyone? Once I knew I had it. Locked. I was on lockdown. Responsible. <laughs> Even after my doctor cleared me, I stayed on lockdown for another 10 days because I was going on my motherfucking vacation to Punta Cana. <laughs> okay. So I didn't want the flu. I didn't want West Nile. <laughs> Nothing. I'm staying in this room right here until it's time for me to go to Punta Cana. I know that's um, right. <laughs> and that's what I did. And so I have a roommate. Um, and I I told him immediately, I had a friend of mine go get gloves for cleaning, replaced all of the dish towels that we both use because I'm using them with my hands. Mm -hmm. The stuff in the bathroom got more cleaning products. When he showered, he sprayed everything down. When I showered, I sprayed everything down because I wanted to make sure um, he would be considered um, a high risk exposure because we live in the same place. Right. And I wanted to make sure that he or and nobody else contracted it. Um, and, and that was fine. So that's that. However, yes, the answer to your question is, I'm pretty sure where I contracted it. Um, and reason being is because, again, as it relates to sexual health and transparency and all of those other things, I contacted all of my sexual partners to say, because the window for exposure is three weeks. Wow. That's a long ass time. So three weeks before today, I would have to go back three weeks to say, who have I had close intimate contact with? They might've been exposed by me because that three week period, you may be contagious in a number of different ways without having known it. Mm -hmm. So I did that and I was at 
a group of circuit parties um, during Pride with a bunch of friends and we were all at the same events together. So there was a group of like 10 of us. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked to one or two very early on to check to see if people had symptoms, nobody did. And then a couple of more developed symptoms. So there were like three of us. Okay, three out of 10. Well, I got a text from another friend of mine about someone who was at the circuit parties with us telling me he wasn't going on our trip to Punta Cana because monkeypox is out of control. He texted me at like 1 p.m. Then I got the second text at like three saying, hey, his best friend just told me he has monkeypox. That's why he's not going to go on the trip with us. Oh, he didn't want to say. And so I immediately reached out to everybody to say, yo, have you experienced symptoms? Let me know what's going on. I've been hospitalized. I'm being treated. I'm doing contact tracing well before the city and the state of New York began to start contact tracing because the testing time, I get tested today. At the time I got tested, it was eight days out before they contacted me to say, you tested positive in another two days before I got the call to do contact tracing. Wow. So by the time they had called me, I had done all the contact tracing and six out of the 10 of us had monkeypox that were at these circuit parties together, right? When I shared with my mom that I had monkeypox, she's been watching the news and all of this stuff. Um, she asked me, she said, hey, I got to ask you something. I'm like, okay. She said, where'd you get monkeypox? I was like, I was at a circuit party. There were a couple of them over the weekend, you know, after parties from the circuit party, I was with a bunch of friends. And she was like, were you at an orgy? <laughs> And I was like, Ma, a circuit party is not an orgy. It's a circuit party. She was like, but I know it's sex positive and people be doing stuff. I was like, but Ma, first of all, there were a shitload of white people there. And you know how I feel about that. <laughs> so there was nothing sexual going on. I was just at a circuit party. Um, and she was like, okay. And so this coincides with the time period that I'm telling in meetings with health department officials in town halls to say, you all are doing a terrible job conveying to people how this can be contracted because you keep saying same, men who have sex with men, same gender loving men, et cetera, and intimate close contact, which demonstrates an a couple of things. One, that is an STD, which mm -hmm. it is not. Yeah. There's zero research that shows that monkeypox is an STI in the in the classical sense of any STI. It can't be as as we know of right now. It can't be transferred um, via vaginal fluids or seminal fluids, etc. Mm -hmm. So why are y'all talking about it like this in a specific way that stigmatizes it as an STI? One. And two, you keep saying intimate, close contact. What the fuck does that mean? Right. Is it a right? hug? Is it sex? Like, what is it? Right. And so when they go down the line to talking about what intimate, close contact is, it is a hug, right? If I didn't have this long sleeve shirt on 
and I had an undiagnosed or a lesion that I didn't see, and I hug you, and I'm shedding virus-infected skin cells, that's a potential point of transfer. I had a lesion here um, and another here on my hand. Another here. That's a handshake. So if I'm shaking hands with people or dapping people up, that's a possible exposure. And it shows that y'all lack cultural competency because you don't know shit about what goes on in a New York summer for Black folk. Mm -hmm. We in the streets, at street festivals, at everyday people. Shout out to everyday people. Those are good friends of mine. Support them. Yeah, the layout. at, at, At the layout, at all of these different things. And it's hot. Right. Right. My thing before monkeypox became a theme was crop tops and coochie cutters <laughs> all summer for me. So I've been in crop tops every weekend of the summer and and coochie cutters or hoochie daddy shorts, as the straights want to call it now. Right. <laughs> right. And so I got maximum skin exposure while I'm before I let go, you know, two stepping and all of this. And we all on each other doing our damn thing having a good time. And these are possible ways that you can be exposed. I haven't seen you, Chelsea, all summer, all year. Ain't seen you since the pandemic. And we've running and hugging and all of this other stuff at the beach together, all types of different things. But, but my question is, I am, okay, I am a heterosexual woman. I'm yeah. doing that too. So why is it being pegged a gay man's disease? Now you want to talk, that's the And that was exactly the point. I said in this town hall with the commissioner for the state and the city, y'all do understand that same gender loving people exist in community with people who are not same gender loving. Correct. I hug my mother. I hug my friends. I hug my nieces, nephews, whatever the case. We go to the beach together. I use a towel. When I get out the water, we don't want to get a whole bunch of sand and all of our stuff. So we might share the. Yeah, And those are ways to transfer this virus from person to person. And this lack of cultural competency and ability to convey this in plain language is demonstrating that we haven't learned anything from the public health crises of yesterday. Hello, mm-hmm. COVID, right. VI, right, whatever today's variant is. Or yesterdecades. Mm-hmm. We learned nothing from HIV and AIDS. Right. And so now... We're doing the same shit again and, and, and panicking to figure out how we're going to get this under control, right? Because we've started to see breakout cases with people who aren't saying gender loving. I think at, at last read, there were four children who have mm-hmm. now tested positive for monkeypox and 44 uh, cisgender heterosexual women who have tested positive for monkeypox. The last time I checked those stats, that was maybe a week ago. I'm sure that number of cisgender heterosexual women has probably doubled because what has been happening um, is that there is more virus in the community than there is testing, right? The testing rates were demonstrating that upwards of 80% of people who were tested for monkeypox were getting positive test results. And you have to wait so long. So that leaves room to keep spreading it. 
And so within the public health community, what that signals is that those are the people who have come in for testing mm -hmm. to say nothing of the individuals who have it. Right. So we're far behind the eight ball and even getting a good picture of how widespread this virus is. Since then, um, New York City declared a state of emergency, San Francisco, and then the state of New York, the state of Illinois, um, and now the, the CDC and, and, and the federal government have declared a national emergency as of today. We're three months behind right. where we needed to be. Um, and so, so that's part of my irritation. And I have this level of irritation with all of us. Because monkeypox, nine and a half times out of 10, is not going to kill you. But we're, to an extent, people are taking this more seriously than COVID. Oh, yeah, because it's just vanity. <laughs> Y'all owe me a year and a half of my motherfucking life back. If we took COVID as seriously as people are taking monkeypox, mm -hmm. if we were sharing information and cutting down false information and disinformation the way we are with monkeypox, with COVID, we'd be in a whole different place. But I'm not going to be mad. People are taking this seriously. If vanity is the animator for you taking this seriously, then fine. Let's take it serious. My question is, though, do you think that our state, our government is not like moving quickly on this because it's not as deadly or because it's seemingly affecting a marginalized community because they have experience with this? Like we just went through it, like you said, like they should be ahead of this, like they should know how to handle this by now. We just learned. What is the reason? Is it because we're not dying from it? You want you want people to be smart. OK. All right, I'm, I'm going to set you up with somebody for an evaluation. For, no, I'm joking. So the issue is a couple of things. As I said earlier, we didn't give a fuck about monkeypox because it was sub-Saharan Africa's issue, right. right? So we didn't care. That shit ain't coming over here. Hello, we live in a globalized world. I travel internationally quite regularly. Mm -hmm. Other people, this isn't the world of the early 1900s, the mid uh, 20th century. We're, we live in a globalized world. And so ignoring problems on other parts of the globe as if those, par those problems aren't going to come and meet us is a fool's errand. And I wish we would learn that lesson a whole lot sooner and activate a whole lot sooner. So there's that. Yep. Two, it is because it was a marginalized group. Since when have we de demonstrated we give a fuck about same gender loving men who have sex with men as a as a culture? HIV was the gay disease, right? And the public health community ignored black scientists in Africa who were saying cisgender heterosexual women are contracting this just as much at the time. In the 80s, they ignored those scientists because they were Black and women, mm. right? And so we've demonstrated we don't give a fuck about marginalized groups of people, period, let alone you sexually deviant homosexual motherfuckers. Yeah. And so 
monkeypox started spreading amongst um, white gay men from an outbreak in Spain. Okay. Right? That's why it was pegged like as a gay man's thing. Absolutely. Okay. And the first day that I had an indication that I was presumed positive, I reached out to a journalist in New York City to ask him, hey, how he, he talked to um, over 50 men across the country who had been presumed positive for monkeypox. 18 of them were on the record. I asked him, if you don't mind sharing with me, how many black men have you talked to? He said, quite honestly, I, and I can send you the screenshots of the combo. You're the first black man I've talked to who's positive for monkeypox. And I said, why do you think that is? Um, and he says, uh, I recognize that there's a blind spot of mine, um, but uh, what we've seen is that monkeypox has primarily affected middle age, um, well-to-do white men who work in tech um, primarily. Hmm. And so we really hadn't considered uh, other people. And in, in my research, because we were seeing and concentrating on white men. Now I said, now, Corey doesn't traffic in, in white men for sexual gratification or pleasure or anything like that. But again, you do know that white men have sex with black men, right? Because we cannot ignore the high risk exposure of close skin to skin contact that happens with sex, right? And the outbreak in Spain was connected to a circuit party, right? That's not innately sexual, that black folk go to as well. So what are y'all, and, and so he apologized and he and I talked a little more, but there was this ignoring of black folk in this whole equation at the beginning. Now, let's take a different turn. For all the black folk who be talking about you know, y'all gay people, y'all want to be gay first, and y'all got more in common with the LGBT community than the Black community. And us Black queer folk have to say time and time again, we often don't fuck with <laughs> white, liberal, gays, and LGBTQIA plus folk in general because of shit like this. A friend of mine who is a journalist or, or a columnist um, and other people found information that showed that white gay men in New York City and around the country had the information about monkeypox's outbreak and vaccinations as early as April and May and were holding that information about getting vaccines from Black folk explicitly saying in text messages, don't share this with black niggas. Don't share this with black guys. Make sure you get the vaccine. Only share this, you know, in our circle to make sure we get the vaccines first. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was, he showed 
different chains of text messages. And one of my nephews in our, in our close friend group that we've created family, he confronted his white roommates. Yeah. So he confronts his three white roommates whom he's subletting rooms in his apartment to. All of them had been vaccinated and they had in fact been talking over text messages to share the information and had not shared it with him. That is so foul. And so, yes, motherfuckers don't give a fuck a damn about marginalized communities. We don't give a damn about queer communities and that intersectionality of uh, black and queer or, or brown and queer, POC and queer. We're at the absolute bottom of the totem pole like most other social issues. And so what we decided to do was to activate and take care of each other. And so when I did my contact tracing list, I put every motherfucker I weighed that <laughs> on that contact tracing list. Because then and they I can told, get vaccinated. And I told my friends, I said, baby, you can tell them we were swinging from a fucking chandelier <laughs> with my tongue down your ear, through your mouth, whatever you need to tell them. We had sex in the park and you walked away and saw me. Whatever you need to tell them so that you can get vaccinated, tell them. You can give them my name and you can give them my number because I, based upon the CDC stuff with the drug trial and everything, it's going to ring alarms differently. Mm -hmm. And every one of my friends who did, they got vaccinated. Wow. So we started to share, right? I, I shared that information. I had maybe like close to 20 people on my contact list. Mm -hmm. And anybody else who called me and asked, I was like, yeah, I'll call them and tell them I forgot it was that one night with this one person, add him to the list too, mm -hmm. right? And we started sharing information about vaccine pop-up sites, walk-in sites, giving public health uh, officials numbers who were scheduling the appointments so that we made sure that black and brown folk could get access to the vaccinations. Because if we don't do it, if we don't have conversations like you and I are having right now, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. We're going to get the information last and it's going to be too late. And although monkeypox is not um, deadly, it's still something we shouldn't have to deal with, right? Yeah. And so in order for us to get a handle of it, we got to do these conversations and take care of ourselves. If Black folk haven't learned anything in this country, it's that we got we to take care of each other. We have to take care of ourselves and we cannot wait on government institutions um, to, to see us, value us, and be proactive. And so this horrible rollout or whatever the fuck people want to call it about monkeypox is about those things and just a failure of imagination and planning. The, the, again, I indicated earlier, the stuff that's being used for vaccination and treatment is smallpox medication, mm -hmm. right? But the only way the government has envisioned use, right? Because if you go on CDC's website right now, they will tell you, we have enough vaccination to cover every person in the United States, right? So if there are 300 million people in the United States, CDC says we have over 700 million doses mm -hmm. 
that we can activate and roll out um, of the smallpox vaccine. Only if in fact Russia weaponizes smallpox as a biological weapon in the United States. We don't have any other plan, any other imagination. For any reason, we might need to use the smallpox vaccine other than Russia. That's the only war game situation our federal government has prepared for as it relates to rolling out and disseminating the smallpox vaccination to this country. That's all y'all thought would ever happen. Yeah. No possibility. And so that's part of the failure. When New York was at the beginning of this and New York is still the epicenter, New York still has the highest case numbers um, in any than any other locality in the country. The federal government sat on 300,000 doses of the monkeypox vaccine, right? While in a lab in Denmark, ready to go, sat on it for three to four weeks before calling up some of those vaccines. While New York's cases were doubling in five days, from Monday to Friday, we went from 238 cases to by Friday, 460 something cases. And then the next week, we were up to a thousand cases. And so now New York is over 2,500 cases in a matter of three weeks. Right. And New York is a place where it's just going to spread and keep spreading. You got the trains, you got the, like, it's, it's a congested city. I'm from New York. It's a global city. It's a congested city. Everyone's coming in and out. Like, correct. So, so that's been, that's been part of my irritation that after COVID, you still don't have any imagination. Right. Like we, we just did this. Just did this. Just did this. And we don't. And so that's part of, that's part of the problem. So I've encouraged people to be very active when we talk about being socially active, being politically active. This is one of the ways we don't think about, right? Mm -hmm. That you need to be calling your elected representatives to put fire under their ass as it relates to how the federal government is allocating the vaccine where you live. So if you live in Kentucky, you might not be able to get access to the vaccine because, huh, it's not that serious. There aren't that many people here, right? If you're in a Republican um, or very conservative state, that's some gay shit. You know, we don't give a fuck, right? And this is an opportunity to say, yo, this is a public health crisis and, and our community does not need to wait until we have an outbreak that's out of control. So call your elected representatives, call your health departments, put fire under their ass, make them ask questions, attorneys, civic organizations, force Freedom of Information Acts to get information as to their plans, show up at town hall meetings, show up at city hall meetings, all of that, and ask, what the fuck are y'all doing, right, in response to this? Because if we wait, there's going to be, if we don't get this under control, it is only a matter of time before something other than COVID and monkeypox comes that is deadly. And you're going to be in the house another two years. And baby, my depression can't take it. My social anxiety can't take it. 
get it the fuck together. And in lieu of government organizations and, and health departments doing that, we got to get our own shit together. So some of the things that we learned during COVID are effective. Social distancing. Mm-hmm. Limited physical contact. You don't got to hug everybody that you just saw last weekend or that you ain't seen in a year. Wave. <laughs> that elbow to elbow with this sleeve, right? Mm-hmm. All to wash your hands. Right? Sanitize surfaces. Don't share personal items, right? All the stuff we learned during COVID is effective in helping us to stop the spread of monkeypox. You can't contract monkeypox from body fluids themselves. However, I had one lesion on the interior of my jaw, right? That means all the saliva that comes in contact with that lesion is now infected with the monkeypox virus, right? Or contaminated by the monkeypox virus. And so um, spittle uh, microparticles that come from my saliva can spread the monkeypox virus. So wear a mask. Like we've been telling people for the last three years, it's effective, right? And we have tools that we have to activate. I know it get hot. I know some of y'all breath smell. You might need to see a dentist. You might, Dr. Tishner's works wonders. Whatever the case is, whatever you got to do, I know we don't like it, but if we want to continue to be able to have a good quality of life, this is what we got to do. Yep. There's there's no way around it. This is what we got to do. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you telling your story. I know that yeah. right now, like, I don't know. There's obviously like a weird feeling about monkeypox because it it looks you can see it. Um, But so thank you for being transparent about your story. Um, Listeners, I urge you to take Corey L. Scott's advice and be careful, like social distance. Take those extra steps. Wear your mask still. We're not out of the hole yet. and just be safe. Like, I don't want to get locked in another two years. I can't do it again. I can't. I, and I don't want to. I don't <laughs> want to. Uh, and so, listen, I'm doing a lot of work in community um, with other activists, with public health officials. Um, my doctor has been a rock star um, with being a resource for me. Um, I've started calling my, myself the Robin Hood of healthcare um, because I will take from the healthcare system and give to people who don't have access. Yeah. So, um, so if people want to reach out to me for local access resources, especially in New York City um, and in the New York metropolitan area, I have a bunch of um, resources and information I'm willing to share. And if people just want to ask me questions, um, I'm not a public health official. I'm not a medical um, practitioner, uh, but healthcare advocacy is something that's really close to my heart. And I have my own experience um, and all the information I've gathered. So that I have it, I'm willing to give it. Um, we just got to take it seriously. Absolutely. Can you share how folks can contact you if they want? Yes. So all of the ways to contact me are Corey L. Scott 
on whatever social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, C-O-R-Y-L-S-C-O-T-T. Um, Corey L. Scott is the way that you can find me anywhere. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank y'all for having me on. I yes. really appreciate it. And thank you, Chelsea, for, for holding it down um, while the girls are at Carnival. At Carnival. Praise, praying for them every night. <laughs> and, uh, and that's the other thing I, I'd say, like, if you go into outdoor events where you know you're going to be close in proximity, um, that is a moderate uh, risk exposure event. Um, enclosed areas in the same type of close ex- proximity is a higher level of risk exposure. But again, wear long sleeves, wear pants, wear a mask, because, you know, we like to do whatever the hell we want to do. So you're going to hug people, have your skin covered up, yeah. have a mask on your face, right? Because we know we don't like to follow rules. I'm grown. I can do what? Yeah, you can. Let's hear that. Like those things really help. Thank you so much. You're welcome. See y'all later. See ya. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that conversation and got some information from it. Um, If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us and we can filter it through any people that we know that might have good answers. Reach out to Corey. He let you guys know his socials um, and hope you enjoyed. Have a great rest of your week. Stay safe. Um, Enjoy life, but like still take this seriously, guys. Love you for listening. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.